Hello, everyone. Welcome to our brand new podcast show for the love of books featuring Indian small press authors who bravely navigate the treacherous waters of self-publishing and marketing even during the pandemic. I will be your host, Emma, and we're going to have a blast and we're going to even cook up a storm with Marianne. <laughs> this show was made partly possible by the generosity of Doc Chavant and her support for the arts. It is my pleasure to present to you author Marianne Whelan. She's the author of 10 books in different genre. Welcome, Marianne. Well, thank you, Emma. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. When and why did you start writing? Um, I've been writing um, pretty much since I was a child. I always loved to write short stories when I was in school, but um, I don't think I was that good at it uh, at that time. I um, started writing, uh, well, I've been on the stage most of my life, so I love music, dancing, singing, all of that. So I... Um, when I moved to Michigan, I did some um, performing arts like that, but then I decided I was gonna start writing musicals and plays. So back in the 90s, I started, um, no, I'm getting off track here. I'm not sure what the time frame was, but anyway, when mm -hmm. I moved to Michigan, I started writing um, okay. musicals and plays, musical theater. Mm -hmm. and writing music and making my own things. And I started performing them. I was asked to perform them in lots of different venues around Battle Creek and Bellevue. And, um, but I never thought about having any of them published because uh -huh. when you go into a different venue, you have different people. So I would just adapt the uh, play or musical around who I had participating in it. So um, publishing, I never thought about until I got, um, um, I got sick and had some surgery and I, so I, had, I was off work, so I had some time. And that's when the whole thing started about, I had wanted to open my own restaurant because uh, I love to cook. I had done catering before. And uh, so I had this scenario in my mind about these people at the job I worked with. We're all gonna play a part in this restaurant I wanted to open and um but um uh, when my husband at the time said do you have the energy for that and i said no but i could write about it so that's when i wrote my um first book which is my heart for jill that was my first novel that i wrote yeah. so basically starting with the plays and musicals and going on to see if i could adapt that into a novel and it, it kind of worked out okay so what do you feel sets you apart from other authors other than the genre? Um, I'm not sure so much, except I kind of have, a, it doesn't really, in all the genres that I write, I kind of have a running theme of a few things in most of them. There's usually a little bit of a mystery there's always music. <laughs> there's always, always music. music. Yeah, always music. There's always food. There's always a little bit of comedy and a little bit of tragedy. Um, 
And I adapt that to the different genres, depending on if it's a romance or if it's a suspense, um, short stories, but they all have an element of those things in them. And um, most of my writing does have some elements of myself in it, um, myself or my family. So people that know me when they read my books, they're like, oh yeah, I remember that, you know, that sort of thing. She's writing about what happened to her, you know, as a child or something like that. So people tend to recognize me in the writing that I do. Okay. So. Describe to us your do-over. You talk about a do-over. <laughs> Most of us wish that if we could do it over, including myself. <laughs> so <laughs> describe to us your do-over. Well, well, that's what happened, the whole thing with wanting to run my own restaurant, you know, and I had, um, I had the restaurant set in um, West Virginia in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and that's where I'm originally from. That's where most of my family lives, in the middle, right in the heart of the Blue Ridge Mountains, in the Beckley-Princeton area. And so I thought about, since most of the recipes and things and food that I make are adapted from my mother and grandmother, who that's where the roots are. Uh, so I set the restaurant in um, the Blue Ridge Mountains and I didn't set it with like a poor family that a lot of people would think, oh, West Virginia, she's probably writing about a poor family. No, it's a fairly affluent family with a successful restaurant business. And then I paired that with a man from New York City who had come to the area to build a mountain resort. We know his family's very rich. And the two cultures are very different. Her family was loving and caring and his family didn't even know each other. So um, that's kind of how I ended up uh, starting that book. And there's a lot of uh, difference between uh, the two cultures. Uh, mistaken identity is in there is how everything got started as far as that book goes. Um, okay, so by writing about this, how did it help you fulfill your dream? It kind of, it gave me that feeling that I was actually doing something that I enjoyed and that um, I was bringing the characters, uh, some of the characters are, well, the character of Nana in the book you're talking about, My Heart for Jill, uh, is a combination of my mother and grandmother and I wanted to give honor to them and so that's a real combination. Um, I felt like I was doing something to contribute to my family roots, my family history, uh, plus writing about what I enjoyed. I wanted to write what I like to read. And that's exactly what that book is, you know, being my first novel. Um, so this is your first novel? That was my very first one, yes. Um, I, um, it started out with the book name Just Being Mountain Mama, 
And then I decided to write sequels to it. And when I switched publishers, she suggested that I have a series of books. And it's actually going to be a six book series. I'm writing book number three right now. And um, it uh, the book has a lot of diversity in it uh, from different uh, types of um, uh, people from different areas. The, a lot of contrast between the city and the mountains. And um, so it, um, yeah, I think um, I was very fulfilled when I finished the first book. I submitted it to publishers and I had a few of them accept it. I had uh, Harlequin accept it as well, but I didn't really know much about publishing or how that works. So I just decided to go with a different publisher where I retained the rights to the book and um, not go with Harlequin who wanted to actually buy the book. So, um, and then the publisher I was with, that company folded. And then another publisher found me at an event and asked me to join her publishing company. And so I have been with her for a few years now. And then last um, summer, she thought she needed to switch everything to my own publishing label. And um, so they, I actually publish under my own label now. Um, she still does everything for me, <laughs> but um, it's under my own uh, publishing label now. So that's kind of how that all transpired. <laughs> Okay, so can you describe Jill to us? And is there a part of you in Jill? Yes, Jill is Jill. Well, you were talking about my do-over. I think I got off that subject. Jill is actually my do-over. This book was my do-over. Jill is who I would want to be if I could change myself and my circumstances. Um, Jill is a lot. Jill is beautiful. She's not like me. <laughs> She's taller and um, tall. you're a pretty blonde. Come on, what more do you want? You're a pretty blonde. Well, Jill, Jill's a nice redhead. She's a lot taller than me. She's about five nine, uh, curvier, and much more self-assured <laughs> and assertive than I am. And um, She's very good at what she does. She's running her own restaurant. She's running her um, cooking show that she has once a week. And that's how the whole mistaken identity thing comes in. Um, so yeah, Jill is a big part of me. A lot of the things that she goes through in the books, the feelings she has and everything are my thoughts and feelings um, on myself or how I would like to answer peach people when they ask me difficult questions or they get on my case, uh, I don't always have a comeback right away, but Jill does. You know, I have a comeback, you know, 30 minutes later after it's done, I thought, oh, I should have said that. Well, Jill says it right away. <laughs> so Jill, Jill's out there. She's um, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, and she sounds awesome. And I find that I write myself into most of the females 
in my other book series, The Covert Mission Files, the character of Missy is me uh, to the Missy is almost exactly just like me. And uh, she's the closest character that I have written to myself. Um, okay. And that that's my um, series that I'm um, working on. Well, I'm working on both series right now, but uh, I'm getting ready to kind of mash up both series. Um, the Mountain Mama series with Jill and the Covert Mission Files with Missy. Okay, so how does your nursing career fit into your writing career? How do you make it work? Well, there's all, always, um, oh, how does working as a nurse or writing as a nurse, you mean? Um, how do you mesh the two? And when do, when do you find the time to write? Oh, well, um, I'm not I'm not doing nursing in the strictest sense right now. I'm not working in the hospital anymore. And I had been doing um, physicals and uh, for life insurance companies for a couple of years, but I was also doing counseling for some insurance companies. Um, so when the pandemic hit last year, those jobs you know, folded but I was able to keep um, eventually the insurance companies, I was able to keep some counseling patients. So I get to set my own schedule. So I make my own appointments, I see my own patients and I've kind of stuck to writing more full-time now and doing counseling patients. And I do counseling online as well and on the phone and some computer things like this. So that's worked out, me being able to set my own schedule. It gives me the time that I need to write and um, do some promotions. I got several, I got like four books out last year because nothing else was going on much. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my next question. You're a COVID author too. You published during the pandemic. So if you were to compare publishing during the pandemic to publishing in normal times, how, how do the two compare? Well, um, before the pandemic hit, I didn't have as much time to write, so it took me much longer to get books out. Um, I had, um, but when the pandemic hit, it actually hit at an interesting time. I had just had some knee surgery, so I was off my feet and off work anyway. I had just been released to go back to work and two days later, the lockdown happened with the pandemic. So I had pretty much a whole year plus to be able to write. And um, that gave me um, more time to set and focus on writing. I needed to be off my feet anyway, as until the doctor allowed me to go back. Normally I go to the gym and stuff on a regular basis, that was closed down. So I didn't have a lot extra to do except for to write, which um, you know I had to work around a work schedule before, but um, you know I was able to get um, four books out um, in 2020? Yes, I got. Wow. Uh, how, did you, how did you manage that? Actually, um, I had 
my heart for Jill and Gerard's descent were already out um, prior. And um, Colleen, who was my publisher, um, redid those and republished them under my label okay. last July. So um, then I was already writing the scene, Meeting Henry um, is my most popular book. And um, that one only took me like four months to write. Mm -hmm. But trying to write the sequel to that was taking too long a time because of work schedules and whatnot. So I um, started concentrating on writing the sequel to that. And I ended up writing two more books in that series uh, because that's a one very close to me. Uh, that's That character in there is, is me. It was a challenge write from a friend. And... Um, I just kept going with it. And the sequel I tried to write turned out to be two books instead of one. So I have three books out in that series and I'm writing number four right now. And it's gonna have five total in that series, um, which uh, Colleen said she would like for me to get that series finished <laughs> soon. <laughs> so, um, and I'm looking, like I said, to mash up the two series. I'm going to have some of the characters from the Henry books cross over into the Mountain Mama books. Okay. And, that works good. Yeah. And that's that's done with my latest book, the cookbook that was just released a few days ago. Um, I'm doing that mashup kind of through that book, having the characters interact from both series in that cookbook. Okay. So, so what do you see as the biggest challenge in the publishing process and how do you handle it? Well, getting it done and getting it in on time and the editing process, oh my gosh. Um, I have a tendency to, I've got to edit things while I'm writing them. If I miss something or anything, I've got to go back and change it right away. So that takes me longer to get a book finished yeah. instead of most of my author friends say, just write through, it can be edited later. That bugs me, I just, I can't do it. I just got to go back and fix that letter. I got to fix that grammar, you know? Um, okay. So that that's the biggest challenge, getting it in, going through, fixing problems once, um, Colleen has my book and she's going through it or doing editing. I do have uh, my friend Paula that does some editing as well, but we all still seem to miss something along the way. So sometimes it just goes back and forth. Yep, that <laughs> happens to all of us. Yeah, yeah. And that makes it, I think that's probably the hardest challenge. Or if I hit a roadblock, sometimes it's hard to move past it. You know, I'll find myself procrastinating sitting down and writing because I'm not clear where I want to go, you know. Okay. So what have you learned about yourself from your writing? Um, I have learned to deal with a lot of issues in my own life, you know, being a counselor, you know, I counsel a lot of other people um, and being a nurse uh, and a teacher um, 
one of the things I learned a long time ago is um, a lot of people who can't help themselves so much or have a lot of issues themselves go into the medical field <laughs> and choose to help others okay. instead of dealing with their own issues. I do have issues from childhood. Um, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. So that theme is in the uh, Mountain Mama book. Uh, that theme comes up in there. Um, different um, aspects of my childhood, of my life with my mother, um, dealings with my father, those show up in bits and pieces in my books through different characters that I put in there. And I'm finding that writing about all those things helps me a lot with my thoughts and feelings. And it enables me to help others when I'm dealing with other people's issues as well. So the writing has been very cathartic for me. Tell us about the most interesting thing that has happened to you during an in-person author event. Oh, goodness. Funny, interesting, or something that you'll never forget. <laughs> well, I have had... I have had some interesting things happen. When I first uh, wrote um, My Heart for Jill, people were determined that I was Jill. And I had, um, I had a couple of um, young men, and I, I'm not sure what country they were from, I want to say somewhere over in maybe the in India or somewhere over there that were determined I was Jill. And they kept contacting me and asking me, you know, can you cook this for me? Can you do this for me? Are you married yet? Are you? I'm like, I'm not Jill. You know, I'm not Jill. I'm, I'm Marianne. I just wrote the character. Oh, no, 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 no. Can you teach us how to play the guitar? I'm like, no, no, I actually don't play the guitar. Jill does in the book. Well, well, can you sing a song? For, can you teach us? Uh, it just kept going. They kept showing up and it kept going. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And their names were, I couldn't understand their names. Their names are something like sing along or something like that sing along and I've got your back or something it sounded like like that I'm so like how did you think? finally resolve that they just eventually stopped they, they just stopped. eventually stopped yeah yeah but that that was several years ago um I haven't uh, had to deal with them for some time now but um I still get people showing up people that have written uh read the Henry books, I tend to call them, it's the Covert Mission Files series, um, will ask me out. <laughs> they will ask me, um, you know, I have a, a, a man that is determined that I'm going to go out with him. And I keep telling him that that is not going to happen. And I will block you on Facebook if you keep it up, <laughs> you know. So I get... Um, you know, people in publicity that I've put out, people understand that the character of Missy was written after myself. So then they want to, <laughs> that, um, yeah, 
they want to go on a date. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where do you see the future of indie publishing? I think more and more people are going that route. I think it's a really good uh, route to go. Um, I was not all that familiar with it until I, um, you know, met Colleen and switched over to her publishing company at the time. I didn't know that much about it, but going to the different author events and meeting authors who were doing their own uh, publishing, I learned quite a bit about it. And I think that, um, I think that's where the future is for most people, unless you're somebody like Stephen King or, you know, JK Rowling or some of those big authors that, you know, I don't know how many of us will ever reach that level, but there are some awfully good indie writers. Yes, and I are. really think most people are going to go that route because it gives you more control over what you have, what you own, your own work. You can change it if you want. You can publicize it as you want. You don't have somebody else standing over you telling you what to do, you know, and that was the main reason I didn't go with Harlequin at the time. Also, okay. have you ever wanted to stop writing? Period. Just you got upset, frustrated. You've had enough of it. Have you ever had a moment like that? Not really. But I had thought once I finished these two series, once I finished the Covert Mission Files series, and once I finish the Mountain Mama series, that I might just stick to short stories for a while after that. Um, short stories, for the most part, I won't say all, because I do have my Moments in Time series, which is my um, short story series. Um, I do have a lot of short stories that have not been published yet. Um, I think I have a list of about 35 short stories that friends have challenged me to write. Um, a friend of mine that passed away a few years ago that was a big inspiration to my writing. He wanted me to write short stories on certain things. And one day I wanna do that, but I wanna finish the novel series first. And then I think maybe now that I've got two short story books out, one in suspense and one in romance, I think I can, um, and I have a list of short stories for the next book that I wanna do for, of short stories, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and finish at least the, the Henry series first, the Covert Mission Files series first, because I'm partway finished with book four and I know exactly how I wanna finish those two books. So I think after I do finish those two uh, novel series, I am going to take a break and just, write some short stories as I feel like it. Just not have quite as much pressure to, to finish it and get it done. Would you stop writing if you won the lottery? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You not write for the money, right? I mean, no. No, I, I write because I enjoy the writing. Enjoy it, the it's, writing. It, it's fun. It's cathartic. It's... Um, I'm getting more and more fans. I get a lot of emails now asking when the next books are coming out. 
people, uh, I'm getting my name out there more and people are reading the books and people are seeing some of the books advertised on their Kindle readers and things of that nature. So things have picked up quite a bit. And um, with Colleen um, helping me do publicity now, uh, it's made a real difference. She's made a real difference to me. She's awesome. awesome. (laughs) So would you do it all over again, the writing career, all over again? Or just the writing career and would you drop the nursing and would you just be a writer? If I could go back to when I um, graduated high school, I wanted to write, but I didn't see that as a viable future for me. Um, So I went to school initially to be a teacher of elementary education. I got that degree first, but I always wanted to be a nurse. So after I realized I couldn't command a classroom of first graders <laughs> to keep them in their seats. Oh, those I, are difficult. Those yeah, are difficult to oh, command. Yeah. With my voice didn't carry over 30 first graders. So I thought, and I, I was I was young and I was like, oh, I want to be a nurse now. So I went back to nursing school, got my nursing degree, worked as a nurse. I immediately started working in counseling as a nurse when I was working at the hospital. I was counseling the heart patients, uh, post-heart attack and diabetic patients. That's been pretty much a career. I've been doing counseling like forever. And um, then... um, But if I had it to do over, and then eventually I went and I got my music degree as well in vocal performance. But I I would like to have started writing novels sooner. If I could, I would go back and do more writing during uh, the time period where I spent most of my time on stage performing rather than behind stage directing and writing which is more what I do now. So that's kind of where that's at, so. Okay, what are the major takeaways from your books? Um, With the Mountain Mama series, and I guess the same kind of theme with the Covert Mission Files series, is everything is not always as it seems on the surface. Um, Things um, have a way of happening in an unexpected manner. And there's lots of surprises and twists and turns in all of my books, regardless of the genre that I'm writing in. Um, Mountain Mama series is contemporary romance. And it starts out with the mistaken identity and finding out that these two families actually, even though they didn't know each other, one was from New York, one was from the mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains, they find out that they actually had a history together. And um, so it kind of... um, 
that's kind of the theme there, the unexpected nature. And just because it's a contemporary romance, it still does have an air of mystery about it and the twists and turns that it takes. And the same thing with the covert mission files. It, it is based on not mistaken identity, but that book has, has a weird beginning. It actually was a challenge from a Facebook friend to write. I had a Facebook friend named Henry Brown and he was a 40 year old white man running a travel agency. And he was a friend for a while, but he traveled overseas with a travel agency. And the more I got to know him, the more I thought, I don't think he's telling me the truth about who he is. I don't think this, I don't think he's a travel agent. I'm not sure what he is, but eventually I talked him into a phone conversation and he was clearly, clearly African. And I thought, okay, this is not a, and he was clearly young. And I thought, hmm, well, he asked me to write our fictional meeting because we knew we'd never meet. And that's how uh, Meeting Henry started out. Nice. Uh, started out nice. being a short story. And um, so I wrote, wrote our fictional meeting and I wrote the book in the way that my character of Missy didn't believe a word the character of Henry was saying. And in the book, I took it the route that he was a government worker in a special ops group, um, military. It's a military mm -hmm. romance. In real life, I eventually persuaded Henry to tell me who he really was. And he was a 26 year old black Nigerian male scam artist. <laughs> and I did end up getting scammed from him, but I got a really good book series out of the you whole You got thing. a good series? <laughs> I did. So I decided to I decided to keep the character of Henry and write this book series. <laughs> story. I love that story. Yeah. Right, Marianne, would you like to read to us? Sure, I was going to read out of my um, the second book in the his, in the Henry series, Missing Henry. This this book and my book in uh, the Mountain Mama series, Gerard's Descent, the second one in that series, I think are my best well written books. Um, <clears throat> Meeting Henry was a little um, quickly written. Um, but this one goes more in depth and the same thing with Gerard's descent from um, after My Heart for Jill. So this is Missing Henry book two in the Covert Mission Files series. I'll do my best here. <laughs> You'll do perfect. Probably stumble around a little bit. Do you need background on what I'm reading or just read it? Just start reading. Okay, all right. It was 10 o'clock at night and Finn was having dinner, dinner with Missy at seven. He should have been back by now. Joe felt the need to get over there and break up whatever was going on. He tried hard to think of a good excuse to show up unannounced, but he couldn't think of anything. He could take those donuts and say that Finn, he thought Finn had forgotten them. However, he'd eaten three of them, so that was not an option. Maybe he should just go out for a run and just happen to go by Missy's house. That was the best he could come up with. 
When he got to Missy's place, he started having second thoughts. Maybe he should leave well enough alone, mind his own business. Maybe if he just looked discreetly into one of the windows, he wouldn't have to go in at all. He could see what was going on. Willie and Mark were on their second mile jogging around the base area. Every evening they took their run past Missy's place just because, just to listen out. Mark stopped abruptly, causing Willie to pass him before he noticed Mark had stopped. Mark had moved off to the side of the street in an area of tall bushes. He motioned for Miss Willie to get out of the street and be quiet. Do you see what I see? Mark was crouching down near the edge of the bushes. If you see a man trying to get into Missy's place, then yeah, I see it too, said Willie. Let's watch for a minute and see what he does, then we can take him down. Well, I can take him down right now, said Willie. Wait, what's he doing? Looks like he's going around the other side of the place, said Mark. You go that way and I'll go over there and we can close in on him. Should we tell Missy? Uh, no, man, said Mark. Look, Finn's Jeep is in the driveway. He's inside. Just send him a text. He'll know what to do. So text sent, said Willie. I'm going around. Mark saw the lights go off in the house. Text received, he said to himself. So he moved up to the front door as it opened a crack and he saw the barrel of Finn's gun. Mark stepped to the side and whispered as loud as he could. Finn, it's me, Mark. Willie's gone around the back to grab the guys trying to look in the windows. Well, you stay here with Missy and I'll meet Willie in the back, said Finn. Mark could see Missy as he entered. Missy gestured she was going to go upstairs and look out the upstairs window to see what was going on. Mark gestured she should take her phone with her just in case. Joe had heard Missy yell just before the lights went out, so he went on high alert. He was pondering that thought as he was trying to climb up onto the top of the utility shed in the backyard where he would be able to get a view into the house. The next thing he knew, he felt a crushing blow to the back of the head and his feet were swept out from under him. He landed with a thud on his back and the wind was knocked out of him and a pistol was in his face. He was starting to get up when he was forcibly turned onto his stomach and his, felt a knee in his back. His face was ground into the lawn and he felt the gun in the back of his head. Just then the floodlights came on in the backyard and Mark came around the side of the building. He stopped short and started to laugh. Joe, what the hell? Willie grabbed Joe and hauled him to his knees. Finn dropped the gun and started laughing, knowing exactly what Joe was trying to do. Willie was upset. Commander, can you explain what you were doing that caused us to nearly kill you or at the very least arrest you? Everybody just calm down, said Joe as he rubbed the back of his head. I wasn't doing anything. I was out for a jog. Willie interrupted. You jog in the mornings. Yeah, that's true, said Finn with a big grin. Every morning I can vouch for that. Shut up, Finn, and wipe that grin off your stupid face, said Joe. I decided to jog tonight. I just happened to need to use the bathroom when I passed Missy's place. Oh, the hell you say, said Willie. You were trying to look in the windows. Commander, why would you do that? Finn looked up to see Missy leaning out the upstairs window, recording everything on her phone. He figured Joe deserved this. He could see Joe's blood pressure rising. He looked at Mark and they both cracked up again. The four made their way around the front of the house and met Missy on the steps holding her first aid kit. Joe looked around the room and noticed he had interrupted a game of battleship. He had let petty jealousy and the loss of focus get himself ambushed. He noticed all the others looking at him for an explanation. He just shrugged his shoulders and said, so who's winning? <laughs> Thank you, well done. Where can people find you in person this summer, Marianne? 
Well, this coming weekend, I will be at Turkeyville in Marshall for uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, the first week in June, I believe it is, I think it's the third or fourth. Anyway, it's the Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the first week in June. There's a gospel fest at the Eaton County Fairgrounds in uh, Charlotte. Okay. I believe that's where the Eaton County Fairgrounds are. Yeah, and it's a really big event, apparently. I've never been to it before or even heard of it, but they say that there's thousands upon thousands of people that attended. So I'll be there. That's not great. One more. Yeah, then because I will we're running be, out of time. I will be in Muskegon at the end of June at the, okay. um, the Lakeshore event. All right. Um, Okay. Yeah, those are Our, some. Uh, oh, yeah. good, good. Parting shots. Parting, what are your parting shots? What would you like to leave the listeners with? Well, and I'm readers, hopefully <laughs> read, hopefully readers yeah. and buyers. Yeah, I would say to um, one, to attend the online festival in June that uh, Diana um, hosts. Pages Promotions. Yeah, Pages Promotions. Um, I would say look for some groups like that. Attend that. Sign up as a, re as a reader or listener for that. Um, you will meet a lot of indie authors. Find really good books. And that's one of the biggest avenues that I think I could could promote is uh, you'll get a lot of insight onto the indie authors, onto the books that they've written and the places where you can order them or and the uh, events that might be taking place in person. And I would say to um, that that might be the biggest way to familiar rise yourself with some excellent, excellent writers out there. I agree. That are not that well known. I so agree. I would say absolutely to go, I think. Okay. And my parting shots are buy indie, read indie, and write indie. So mm -hmm. let's all keep on writing and our fingers on the keyboard. Thanks. Thank you, Marianne. Thank, Thank you, you for having me.